What up, y'all? Julian Gateau here. Super excited because today we are on set of Chilling with Julian, episode five, interviewing inspiring individuals to inspire others. We're at the amazing Smash Studios, their podcast room. Thank you, guys. And we have the amazing author with us today, Anna Nayakana. Hi, guys. So excited to be here and connect with you. I'm Anna Nayakana, author of Nayazuri and the Pharaoh's Throne. Make sure to follow me at Nayazuri on Instagram and Twitter and also my website, www.annanayakana.com. Thank you so much, Anna. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to be here tonight, connect with your viewers, your listeners, okay, and just spread the Nyazuri message. Let's I get appreciate into it. that. Well, I love what you're doing, and to Thank have you, you on Chilling with Julian episode five, the whole goal is interviewing inspiring individuals to inspire others, and you're definitely an inspiring individual. Thank so you. glad to have you on. Uh, first things first, where are you from? So let's see. My journey began in Berlin, Germany. Mm -hmm. And my father is actually from Uganda, which is in Eastern Africa. And my okay. mother's from Moldova, which is in Eastern Europe, it was former Soviet Union. Mm -hmm. But uh, born in Germany, lived there for several years. And then we immigrated to the States in the 90s, Stanford, mm -hmm. Connecticut. No, so not that far from here. Okay. So I'm a woman of the world. Mm. That's amazing. Uh, did you go to school locally in the States? Or I did. I went to school locally in the States. And as you probably heard from seeing some of the information online already, mm -hmm. definitely had a learning curve. Mm. It doesn't sound like it, but I had a very heavy accent back then. Okay. Uh, Russian was kept up in my home and German not so much. Mm -hmm. And some of my father's language, Mianconi. But for the most part, I had to take four years mm -hmm. of these amazing English classes. I call them amazing because I'm being sarcastic, mm -hmm. uh, called ESL. Mm -hmm. And uh, essentially, I would actually take that work home with me every day and I actually taught it to my mother as well mm. so we learned English together that's amazing and traveling in from New York was a good, good commute How yeah was it was decent it was de decent I actually took the train from Stanford okay. so it's a quick ride it's like 50 minutes and under uh, on the express yeah. um, so I'm just so used to coming in and out Mm -hmm. from Stanford to New York growing up. We're mm -hmm. just jumping on the train, going okay. to Fordham Road, shopping, whatever the case was, yeah. uh, walking on Fifth Avenue, coming to the city, mm -hmm. not, you know, or just like wandering yeah. around Times Square. Although it's a little creepy now with yeah. all those characters it's around. very different than what it used to be. Yeah, so. they try to grab you and take yeah. a quick, you know, $5 photo. So yeah. that's definitely different. Don't fall for that. Yeah, no, absolutely yeah. not. <laughs> well, I'm excited. Uh, we have your book here. Yes. Um, explain to us the plot of this book. How did this come about? So Naya Zuri and the Pharaoh's Throne, this came about from, should I call it a crazy idea that I had? Go for it. Growing up, I couldn't find anyone on the cover that looked like me. I used to take books home mm. to be able to practice my English, build my vocabulary. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I would go home with nothing because I was just discouraged. Mm -hmm. I want to make an impact on the community. Mm -hmm. And I feel like starting with the youth is the best way. Mm -hmm. um, being able to nurture a seed as it's growing mm -hmm. versus when it's already full grown and pruning, yeah. it's more of a difficult process. Being able to nurture a seed and water it and shade it and mm -hmm. give it the appropriate amount of sunlight, mm -hmm. you can actually guide that growth where it's then multiplied in the future. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to strike at the heart mm -hmm of where the book is, which is for children. Mm. Uh, geared towards upper elementary, but to have them have um, representation in the books of diversity, not only in, exactly, not only in um, 
cultural diversity, mm-hmm. gender diversity, mm-hmm. historical diversity, so what's much. taught in the schools these days, it's so restricted. Mm-hmm. In the first book, the characters go to ancient Egypt and okay. they help Prince Tut overcome his own fear of rule because most people don't know that Tut was only about eight years old when he mm-hmm. became pharaoh of an entire nation. That's a lot amazing. of pressure on a kid. Yeah. Most definitely. Definitely. Uh, I'm excited primarily because I had the opportunity to dive into the book, read it, and actually take notes. and. Mm-hmm. I took a lot of out, out of it, you know. Um, Thank you. There's a message in there, and it's it's powerful. We have Anna, you, yes, and Naya, um, very similar characters. Yes. Is that um, something you wanted to make sure of that those characters were similar? Exactly. So Naya is loosely based on me. I'm the youngest of three, so I was Mm -hmm. very mature. Also, the process of being an immigrant Mm -hmm. uh, in the U.S., it makes you mature quickly because you're in a completely foreign place and you have a lot that you have to overcome. Naya is a fearless, a fearless heroine. She's Mm -hmm. a leader. She's smart as a whip Mm -hmm. and she's not afraid to show it. She's not going to dim her light Mm. just to make those around her feel better, even Mm. if it is the twins. No, she will tell them, listen, Mm -hmm. you're being silly. There's nothing to fear but fear itself. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Like, let's get this done. And she'll incite that inspiration in them. Mm. She knows that she can lead the way Mm. first and not have to be in someone's shadows. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You don't see that. I have a, a younger sister myself and for a book like this to put the woman in the forefront, I think mm-hmm. that's very important for young girls today. Just Thank to know you. like they can lead, they can be the smartest one. They can yes. go after it and be the ones that figure out, wait, we do it this way, not yes. that way. Well, there are more girls in college than boys, mm-hmm. but there's so much rip- misrepresentation out there. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're smart. We're just as smart as our counterparts. And it's not about one gender being more superior than the other. It's just mm-hmm. that one has not had that cultivation mm-hmm. as much as the other, right? Mm-hmm. It's always been a man's world. No, it can be our world. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be that way. So if this is something that can inspire your sister, yeah. inspire anyone's sister or daughter or granddaughter or niece, that's mm-hmm. what it's all about for me. Mm-hmm. Having them find that inner strength, having them being able to rely on themselves, mm-hmm. um, or and also speak up for themselves if they may not have all the answers. It's mm-hmm. not about having all the answers and just being so headstrong that you're caught up in your own ways. Yeah. No, definitely advocate for yourself. Ask for help. Rely on those around you that you trust and that you love. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And there's so much Thank adventure you. in the book. Um, yeah. To start off in the first chapter, we have Naya. She's coming into Lotus Drive, brand new suburban area. Mm-hmm. It's raining. She's leaving her old school. It's just so different and. She doesn't know what the future holds. Uh, Can you explain a little bit about that and how that resonated with your uh, life? So chapter one is called Reaching Lotus. Lotus Drive, as you mentioned, uh, is Naya's street Mm -hmm. that she moves to in the first chapter. And it's something that I had to go through, one, moving to the United States and then eventually moving out of the projects that I grew up in Mm -hmm. to the suburbs Mm -hmm. of Stanford, where I was now in a better school district, Mm -hmm. where I now had more resources around me. I had a library that was fully stocked and I no longer had to, you know, fight over the last copy of a book. I had libraries that had instruments there Mm -hmm. that I could take home and practice on and things of that sort. So Naya Zuri in the first chapter is going through a lot of internal conflict. Mm. She feels guilty for the friends that she left behind. Mm. Um, She's also in anguish because she doesn't know if those friendships will survive. Mm. But she's thankful for the sacrifices that her family made Mm. in order to give her and her brother a better life. So by the conclusion of the first chapter, let's not give it all away. So by the conclusion of the first chapter, 
she has come to grips with the fact that this is going to be a new chapter in her life, mm -hmm. that it's going to be one that her family sacrificed for, mm -hmm. and it's one that she is going to take full advantage of because mm -hmm. there was a lot that went into getting them there. Hence the significance of the Lotus Drive name yeah. as the Lotus grows in the mud, mm -hmm. forces itself to fight against the pressure of the mm -hmm. water to stretch its petals, come up out of that mm -hmm. and get the sunshine that it needs to fortify. I'm glad you put that in there because yeah. a lot of students and kids in general experience that going to a new school. And mm. it's so different because you don't know how to embrace that or really face that once you're in that experience. I think mm -hmm. that's something I experienced as well. Um, Queens, New York was where I was born, left okay. in the fourth grade to go to the fifth grade in Pennsylvania. And it was so different. What a shock. Didn't want to leave. And I was like, how am I going to make new friends? Mm -hmm. And eventually I did. So in this book, just to see um, that character go through that same thing, I think kids can resonate with that. So Wonderful. Thank cool. you. Thank you so much. So the Gonzalez twins are twins in the book. Um, yes. Is that something that's similar to what you grew up with? Is there uh, twins in your world when you were younger that you kind of <laughs> interpreted or put into the book from your own experiences. These fun guys. So I didn't grow up with actual twins, mm -hmm. but I just grew up with a ton of diverse friends. Everyone mm -hmm. was from another country um, and everyone taught me something, another, you know, another language or a few phrases in their language, their mm -hmm. customs, their food. Mm -hmm. uh, but Miguel and Hugo Gonzalez, although they're twins, they're actually nothing alike. Mm -hmm. So Miguel is more confident, mm -hmm. he's more cool, more suave, mm -hmm. right? And Hugo is more shy. Mm -hmm. He's timid, he's not as outspoken and he definitely goes through a big transformation just from the first part mm -hmm. of this book to part two of this book because mm -hmm. it is broken up into a part one and part two yeah and uh, into the second book which we'll, we'll touch on yeah. slightly if okay. you can get it out of me he goes through such a transformation actually inspired by Naya mm. so their adventures that they end up leading inspires him to come out of his shell inspires mm -hmm. him to speak up and to take a lead mm -hmm. and not be so much in the shadows as mm -hmm. well but in the shadow more so of his twin brother. Mm. I think we both could resonate with that primarily because starting off as the kid that's the shy kid and mm. eventually growing into their own and yeah. having that confidence and other kids can relate to that too. So to see that character actually evolve is pretty cool how you made that happen. You Thank know, you. you don't want this character to stay stagnant, first quiet and now he's starting to speak up and I think that's pretty neat that you put that in there. Thank you. There's also an, an evolution of the antagonist in the book, who's Min Lee. She mm. lives across the street from Naya, mm -hmm. uh, definitely wants to be friends with her, mm -hmm. but she's not so fond of actually being friends with boys. Mm -hmm. So anytime she gets into any sort of interaction with Hugo and Miguel, she just clams up, she gets mm. in a shell, she jumps in a bush, she, you know, she completely just darts out of the way. So yeah. she has no interaction. I don't know if she has cooties on her mind or whatever, mm -hmm. but she doesn't want anything to do with them. It makes her uncomfortable. Mm -hmm although she wants to be friends with Naya. So it's something that she also has to overcome, but the antagonist ends up being pulled more into the forefront in the second book. So you just okay. have to wait for that. That's exciting. Yes. You know, evolve and grow over time. Exactly. Neat. We are not supposed to be stagnant, right? Never. Um, so show the viewers the book. It's very colorful. It's very animated. Speaking of animation, would this ever turn into a cartoon? You tell me, Julian. Let's make it happen. Hey, it's possible. At the end of the day, I see how the colors pop. I love how it's not just a black and white. The the, the gold on the crown, the, the shirt that says reggae, reggae fest, fest, the glasses. And what was interesting every time I would uh, read in the book the details of the characters, 
um, I would look to the front and say, oh, is that true? Is, and then I would look deeper and like, oh, wait, that is. That is true. So I like how um, the imagery is portrayed in the book and the words you use um, because you. it makes you like stop reading and look back and like, oh, that yes. is what they're actually wearing. I'm so. very visual. I was naive thinking that this would be like a 30 to 60 day process with my illustrator. It took me almost six months wow. to get every character mm -hmm exactly how I wanted. To the T. Exactly. So, Hugh, as you mentioned, all the details that are in the book describing the characters are mm -hmm. the details that I use to create the characters down to their clothing, their hairstyle. Mm -hmm. Hugo uses a lot of gel. Miguel has longer hair. Naya yeah. has this crazy curly hair. She mm -hmm. loves teal, so she has her teal sneakers. Mm -hmm. Tut, definitely more specific because I had to make sure that I did the proper research of mm -hmm. ancient Egypt attire and mm -hmm. wardrobe and more from a royal sense of what was their jewelry like, mm -hmm. right? What was the... Uh, Eyelining. Mm -hmm. What did that mean? What was the significance behind that? Why would he wear that as a royal? Mm -hmm. So just having all of that imagery pulled in. Interestingly <laughs> enough, I did have a book trailer created for this. It's gotten okay. tons of views since I YouTube. put it out. Yeah, I, I definitely have a dream of it yeah. becoming and turning into an educational resource. Mm -hmm. There's smart boards in the classrooms now, laptops, iPads. Kids are very visual, so they get stimulated by this. There's no more, you know, when I grew up, like 1992, they wheel in this old television mm -hmm. with a big bubble back and they yeah. pop in a VHS tape and you're mm -hmm. watching something from like the 70s. Mm -hmm. It's not resonating with you whatsoever. Yeah. So I did the book trailer to just be able to give young readers and their parents a quick like one minute, two minute snapshot, mm -hmm. which is what the book's about. Out, gets them excited and wanting them to read because this is a chapter book. Okay. So there are no pictures in this book. Mm -hmm. It's geared towards upper elementary, which mm -hmm. is between like third and fifth grade, but I've also worked with students in the sixth and seventh grade, mm -hmm. especially if they're trying to improve their literacy rates. Yeah. And another wonderful thing is the fact that it's historical fiction. Mm -hmm. It's not all fiction, which means it, you know, yeah. just fabricated from my own creativity. Yeah. Um, so you can actually use this as a resource and you can mm -hmm. use this as something to write about mm. for a book report, let's say. There's mm. a full glossary in the back. Mm. All the words, words are underlined, right? Mm. As you're reading, anything that's underlined, they can flip to the back and learn. So like, let's mm. really encourage our kids not only to read, but to evolve as they're reading, right? I agree, that's amazing. Thank you for that, I appreciate Thank that. Thank you. Uh, why is it so important for the youth uh, to be adventurous and have imagination just like Naya herself? Oh, Julian, I think you know as well as I do as an individual who has creativity, if that's taken away from you, what are you left with? Your ambition, your goals, your dreams, your drive. Where does that start from? Mm -hmm. Right? Where's that inspiration, creativity start from? A child is born and they have an endless amount of potential. Mm -hmm. And over the years and as they mature and the situations that they encounter, it's taken from them. Mm -hmm. It's discouraged of them. Mm -hmm. It's no, find a field that's more serious. No, mm -hmm. find something that's going to pay you well. Mm -hmm. No, find something that's solid that you can depend on. Mm -hmm. Not go out on a limb and start a business venture. Mm -hmm. Not uh, go and try and pursue music or go and be a street artist and you know, mm -hmm. your parents will tell you you'll be homeless. If you take away your creativity and imagination, it, it robs you of your spirit, mm -hmm. of your essence. Mm -hmm. And that's done too often in, in, in the school system is done too often as a society. Mm -hmm. And for those children that are feeling like it's being robbed of them, I want Naya Zuri in this whole series to inspire them to mm -hmm. think bigger, dream bigger, mm -hmm. make goals and actually attain them. Mm -hmm. That's interesting that you said that, primarily because that's so true. A lot of people just push on, okay, find what's in the workforce that's already out there and yep. see if you can fit in those boxes, not necessarily what 
gift do you have and try to build that and branch out on that primarily because it's preached okay find a job that pays you well rather than find something that makes you very happy because exactly. if you're in the job that you're just doing your day-to-day -day and happiness is canceled out it's kind right. of like you're just going through the motions right so you may have the stable income but Will you have your sanity? Mm. Will you have your joy? The purpose. Will you have your love? Right. What will, is will your you purpose? Will you be remembered for us? So that's amazing. That just to rem re remind people. like. What will you be remembered for? Mm -hmm. I'm attempting to create a legacy. Mm -hmm. I'm attempting to help children find their own path. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Or maybe I can inspire others to do that same thing. Mm -hmm. To do that book. Exactly. That's how you, you use that. That's Absolutely. amazing. Thank you for that. Thank you. So explain that feeling of when you had that first copy delivered to your house and you held it in your hands. What was that moment like? It was transforming. I felt that I, in that moment, was the culmination of my parents' dreams mm. and immigrants' dreams. Uh, we came here with two suitcases for a family of five. We left all our possessions behind for a better life, mm -hmm. not knowing that we would be living in the housing projects for the next 10 years until we could you know, save enough to move somewhere that was more comfortable for us and had better opportunities and resources. Mm -hmm. But the wonderful thing about living in the projects is because you don't have that much going on and you don't have cable, you have like three channels on yeah. the television. I was always outside. Mm -hmm. So... A lot of my inspiration for Nyazuri came from my interaction of always being outside and using my imagination. Their clubhouse that they had, mm. that pine tree was real. Mm. It was a pine tree that was behind my parents' home, you know, back, back behind my parents' home. And it was just a cool place to hang out. We had mm. tons of tons of knickknacks and things in there, but it always kept our imaginations alive. We were mm. always outside just in fun um like fantasy play and things of that sort. Mm. So being able to hold a copy in my hands, I felt that all of the sacrifices that my parents made mm -hmm. and, and the pride that they had to swallow because the U.S. wouldn't honor their degrees and they had to take, you know, like blue collar jobs mm -hmm. to support their families, mm -hmm. that it was worth it to them. Mm -hmm. And they felt that pride in seeing my success and me, them seeing me attain my dreams. They're proud of you. Absolutely. It trickles down at the end of the day when they did all that hard work to have you do what you want to do, it makes you realize, wait, let me grind hard for my kids, my kids' kids, and create generational wealth and break generational, generational wealth. That's one of my favorite terms. Favorite terms. It's, it's something that people don't think about. But what is wealth? Do we just mean economical wealth? It doesn't always mean money. Right. How about spiritual wealth? Mm. Health. Conscious health. And there's, wealth. There's so many things that wealth can be defined in as. And at the end of the day, we have to like seek what do we actually want to leave behind? What do we want our kids, kids to actually have? Where do we, do we see them? What kind of neighborhoods do we see them in? And it right. makes me grind even harder. Um, seeing my parents do everything they've done. And yes. it's makes me grind harder primarily because I see like I'm grinding for my younger brother, younger sister, mm -hmm. other younger brother, just showing them like these things are possible. And that's the same for you. And I'm excited to see that, you know? 
Thank you. My parents instilled it in me. And I just hope that one day I do enough um, from writing, from inspiring the other generations Mm -hmm. and and parents and teachers and just society as a whole where my kids one day will feel that. Mm. Look what mom did. Mm -hmm. Look how she hustled. Look what she did. Why can't I not not chase our dreams? Why do we have to chase our dreams? Why can't we step with our dreams? Mm. Why can't we walk in our dreams? Mm. I'm tired of chasing. Mm -hmm. Let's take some action. We have to. That's yeah. amazing. Thank you. And you, you go back to schools. Yeah, I um, do. I love is, going to schools. Yeah, this book is instilled in a couple of schools. It is. is. Several schools. Several schools. Lots of schools. Name them. Drop Oh, let's see. Metacomet Elementary. Capital Prep. Capital Prep Harbor. Mm-hmm. Harbor Elementary. Oh, I'm losing train of thought. There's so there's a list. There's a list on That's my website. Uh, Olaf schools out in Kansas. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been stretching across the United States mm-hmm. lately. I just um, interacted with a school in Canada that's now implemented my book, and we're doing a whole curriculum plan. So mm-hmm. it's all on my IG, of that's course. Amazing. But Tabusenic School. Mm-hmm. That's it. Tabusenic Elementary. Okay. So shout out to all you students in New Brunswick, Canada. Hey, shout eh? out. Um, but it's been amazing. It's been amazing bringing this book across the U.S. I partnered up with Microsoft and Skype in the classroom so I can now take my experiences and my author visits virtually. Okay. So for those schools that are like, oh, we want you to come to the mm-hmm. West Coast or the Mideast or you want, we want you to come to Japan, mm-hmm. this is a way now to use technology mm-hmm. to be able to spread the message and spread the mission. But it's been wonderful. I love going into the schools. That is, is what it's all about for mm-hmm. me. Not necessarily, like we were saying behind the scenes, selling a million copies. I want to reach a million plus kids. Mm. I want to reach them where they spend most of their time, 40 hours a week, like we spend 40 hours a week in Mm -hmm. an office or whatever our business or craft is Mm -hmm. in schools. So I'm going to the schools and most schools don't have the budgets. Mm -hmm. Most schools don't have the resources that they need. I'm in there to try and inspire them to, but make a difference in their community. Mm -hmm. But how can I inspire that if I'm not doing it myself? And I've always said that if you inspire one student, you've done your job. And at the end of the day, it only takes one student to veer their path. And the things you say, the things you um, do, and you could possibly inspire one person back in that corner. But you felt like accomplished because that was the goal at the end of the day. Exactly. So that's amazing to see that. Yeah. And to just come face to face with students and they tell you that this character looks like me, mm-hmm. or I speak Spanish and they speak Spanish, or their name kind of sounds like my name, mm-hmm. or I loved reading something about ancient Egypt with my father, and this was all about Tut, like I can't wait to dig into this. Mm-hmm. They're connected, they're locked in, mm-hmm. they feel represented, they feel like their voices are heard, so what is that going to do? Mm-hmm excite them. It's mm-hmm. going to encourage them to want to continue to read. And mm-hmm. you and I both know reading, it's a, it's a form of artistry, writing, mm-hmm. music, dance, you know, things of that sort, anything that can continue to keep that imagination yeah. alive, yeah. right? And keep that creativity alive will continue to fuel their ambition and their dreams mm-hmm. and their drive. And what amazing individuals there are going to be in this mm-hmm. world. I mean, check out your brother alone. He made mm-hmm. your logo, right? This is amazing. Shout out Jeffrey. Uh, Shout out Jeffrey. That. He did this when he was 13. This yes. is amazing. I'm, I'm thankful. At the end of the day, like 
instilling that creativity early on is, yes. is super important. And you said with music, you started to, you were a musician first. I true? was, yes. Music was my first love. Mm. It still is. It's mm -hmm. something that I'll probably slide back into. Mm -hmm. But I made some changes in my life, started a family of my own, and mm -hmm. I wanted to take one, once again, this wild idea I mm -hmm. had of writing a children's book where it was focused on diversity. It was focused on girl empowerment. It was focused on history, mm -hmm. actually teaching something, education versus indoctrination in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And having children being able to connect with the book, connect mm -hmm. with some sort of content, mm -hmm. improve these literacy rates, mm -hmm. and who knows what that could lead to in the future. Who knows, like like we just said, what mm -hmm. type of individual now that they will become because they felt inspired to just go that extra length, mm -hmm. to take that extra hour to study, or to take that extra hour on their craft, mm -hmm. whatever it is. Maybe it's a business plan, mm -hmm. maybe it's a design, mm -hmm. maybe it's a piece of um, art that they're drawing, or music that they're creating, or book that they're writing, whatever yeah. it is, photo that they're snapping. Mm. And I'm and a big I advocate of everything happens for a reason. Yes. Especially when you're in the places and you're like, wait, why am I here? And you get that aha moment, that mm -hmm. aha moment. Um, I had one of those aha moments reading the book mm -hmm. and I legit stopped reading and I was like, whoa. Oh, share it, it with me. It, it reminded me of like a lot of the epiphanies that I've had and it, it was because of what it said in there. Um, mm -hmm. So the group, they're in Egypt and they're trying to figure out like why that mission was given to them. Mm -hmm. And um, Naya, she realizes the whole reason that they were there was to have Tut believe in himself that he could take the throne. And isn't that true in our own lives that if you're at a school speaking to children and someone who's in kindergarten in your, uh, your case, you had someone speak to you weren't you there for a reason so that interaction could happen? Uh, where I spoke at my high school, wasn't I there for a reason where that 14-year-old girl, so she can believe in herself and know like she can do anything she wants. So that was a, a special moment. Yeah. Can you tell me why that moment was inserted in there? And is that stemmed from a, a, a place, a real place? Essentially, every mission that Naya and the twins will go on in the series will be for a purpose. Mm. The teacher that assigns them the missions, her code name is AR, mm -hmm. stands for her name. And she's not going to tell the explorers up mm -hmm. front what it is that they're going to do with the purpose. She's gonna send them there, mm -hmm. let them know who they need to find, mm -hmm. what year, what place, mm -hmm. put in these coordinates. Miss Ridley, who was my actual second grade teacher wow. when I came to the United States. Amazing, Amazing woman, changed mm -hmm. my life, took care of me in a special way mm -hmm. that I wish, um, and that I know teachers still do today is just something that's not highlighted as much. <laughs> so she actually doesn't tell them the missions and it's something that Naya ends up discovering, like you said, in the final chapter of the book. Tut is only eight years old. His father mysteriously passes away, the mm -hmm. Pharaoh. He's eight years old. How is he supposed to lead an entire nation? Mm -hmm. There's this Egyptian game called Senate. It's sort of like a modern day chess. And it was a game that his father taught him to play mm -hmm. And regardless of how many times they played, he could never win. Mm. Regardless of how he strategized, he could never beat his father. Mm. So in Tut's mind, not only was he young, but he was incapable of ruling because he couldn't even conquer the current ruler, which was his father. He didn't feel good enough. 
Exactly. Mm. But overcoming his fear of rule, Naya and the twins reminding Tut that they wouldn't even be in Egypt at this very moment mm. if he didn't end up becoming a great ruler. Mm. He wouldn't be in the history books. He wouldn't be someone that they remembered. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, Tut saw himself in his father. Because okay. at the end of the day, we are a reflection of our parents. Mm -hmm. And he realized, I can do this. I have a wise counsel around me that'll help guide me. I'm not going to do this on my own. Mm -hmm. And my father gave me enough tools up until this point mm -hmm. to realize that I don't know it all. So because I recognize that I don't know it all, yeah. means that I'm going to seek the advice of this council. I'm going to seek the advice of the sitting queen. Mm -hmm. And we will find a way to continue to guide the nation mm -hmm. forward. That's amazing. I love it. Thank and then they portal that. out of there Ooh. before they're imprisoned. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And, that, and to speak on that, um, at the end of the book, it says, what will happen now that their secret is out? The series continues in the next adventure of Naya Zuri. Yes. Is there another part to this book? A part two dun, dun, coming dun. soon. There is a book coming soon, 2020. You heard it here. I've said it on a few past interviews, and it hasn't come out yet because I've had such a busy year mm -hmm. in schools and also promoting it, just connecting with some really great people who, mm -hmm. like yourself, are trying to spread the message. And should I should I drop the title? What do you guys think? Exclusive. Exclusive. On so book one, Nyazuri and the Pharaoh's Throne. Book two, Nyazuri. In the Mayan eclipse. Ooh, <laughs> I'm you excited. Heard it here first. Oh man, I'm you guys thankful. heard it here first. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. That's okay. an exclusive, and you're working on this now. I'm working on this now. This is gonna be amazing. It's gonna be the second part of this amazing book. Yes, the antagonist Min Lee is going to be brought more into the forefront. Mm -hmm. All I'll say is that something happens with the map, mm -hmm. and it somehow loses parts of its mystical abilities. Mm. So I'm going to lean on and bring in the Girls Who Code movement mm -hmm. and we're going to utilize coding Wow! to actually create the portal that they time jump through. That's, That's all I'll say. That's amazing. That's it. I'm looking forward to okay. it. At the end of the day, like you're starting to go into a new realm and no matter what, you're giving information to students and they'll learn something that they didn't know before. So... Thank I'm you. thankful. I want to thank you for coming on to Chilling with Julian, episode five. It's been my honor. Thank you so much for the work you do as well. I appreciate of it. Of highlighting individuals such as myself and anyone else out there that's trying to do some good in this world and inspire either the next generation mm -hmm. or their colleagues or their friends or people that they don't even know on the other side of the world. Um, if there weren't individuals like you to spotlight the work that we're doing, would it even be known? Mm. Right. If a tree falls in the forest and no one's around to hear it, Can did it make a it? noise? Mm. So thank you for being a sounding board for our noise. Of course. And to close it off, uh, what's the last message you would like to give your viewers, your fans, your supporters um, at the end of this episode? Just a closing message. Keep pushing through. Overcome your fears of rejection and always bet on yourself. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you, guys. I appreciate your time. Chilling with Julian, episode five, interviewing, inspiring individuals to inspire others. Where can everyone get your book? You can get it from my website, www.ananayakana.com. I'm assuming it's right under here where I'm pointing my hand. Bam. 
It's also available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and schools and organizations that are interested in teaming up and getting in bulk. You can just order it right through my website in bulk as well for discounted prices. That's amazing. Well, I love the work that you're doing. Continue to keep pushing, continue to keep fighting. At the end of the day, there's people looking up and seeing the great work you're doing and saying, oh, maybe I can do that too. She looks like me. I can do that, too. Thank you. And at the end of the day, um, it's making everything better, making um, people that look up to you want better for themselves. So thank you for your time. Thank you, Julian. And uh, enjoy your day, guys. Chilling with Julian, episode five. Stay tuned for the next. Peace.